a brand new project. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to be a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, in studio today with Ron Price. And Ron, I'm going to tell folks just a little bit about the podcast, if they're tuning in for the first time, listening for the first time, uh, downloading for the first time, I should say. Uh, The Complete Leader Podcast is a companion to the Complete Leader book, of which you are a co-author, along with Randy Lisk. And the book has 25 leadership competencies. Uh, that we we look at and you dive in deep in the book and give us as uh, aspiring leaders actionable work to do to grow in those 25 areas. The podcast coming alongside it, and we dive into a topic each and every each and every episode. Uh, from the book. Uh, the podcast definitely stands alone, very useful, but it's great in conjunction with the book. Today we're going to take a little break from the 25 core competencies. And we're going to uh, hear about a new project that you've been working on. Exciting stuff. Great. Thank you, Dale. It's great to be here. You know, when I write a book, Dale, I almost always think it's the last one I'm going to write. And I've, I've done that six or seven times now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because when I write that book, I'm trying to capture what I think will give the most value to somebody else. It's something I want to leave that will make a difference in people's lives. And admittedly, people that I might never get a chance to meet, but so many authors have changed my life because of what I've read that they wrote. And I owe such a debt of gratitude to them that I thought, well, this is one way I can repay that debt by passing it on, by writing something that I think might be beneficial to others. And when I wrote The Complete Leader with Randy, and it was a wonderful experience and collaboration, I sort of felt that way at the end of it. It was, okay, that's it. And then I got talking with one of our team members, a guy named Evans Baia, and oh boy, now here's another, the last book that's coming. Evans is an amazing human being. He was born in Kenya. He came to the United States to go to school. He actually came to Idaho through a common friend of ours, a guy named Vincent Kutuku. And uh, Evans started at Idaho State, and one of his great claims to fame is that because of a reciprocal athletic program, he ended up being the punt returner for the University of Colorado as a freshman, first time he'd ever played football. (laughs) But he then went on and got his degree in chemistry and uh, then got a master's in chemical engineering, another master's in electrical engineering, another master's in business administration, and then a Ph.D., So he's way beyond my intelligence level. But what I love about Evans is he's just such an energized individual, and he's such a wonderful human being. And we've had the opportunity to work together, and we decided we were going to write a book together. And because of that, Evans is here with us today. I told you about his educational background. What What I didn't tell you is that one of his great opportunities in life has been to be involved in innovation and technology. He was at Applied Materials for 10 years where he was responsible for the innovation group. It was a group of 400 scientists around the world. And if I'm understanding correctly, and he can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think at one point they were managing $52 billion in intellectual property through his group. And then he's gone on to be the CTO of a couple different companies, technology companies, and now he works a lot with our clients, helping them to master innovation. So I'm really glad that he's here to spend some time with us here today. On the podcast, welcome Dr. Evans Baia. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Ron. It's an honor to work with you. <laughs> so I've, I've got, you know, Evans uh, played a key role in my current career path. 
I had uh, invited Evans to speak to a group of 15 leaders. And as we had, were leaving and we were sitting in the airport waiting for our flight, Evans and I were talking and he said, you know, your business is just one disruptive innovation away from going away forever. And that that stopped me wow, what in a, what my a closing sale. I know. <laughs> that stopped me in my tracks and really changed the course of uh, of what I was doing. So, yes. Uh, yes, Evans, you got a few admirers in the room with you right now. But oh, thank you, gentlemen. Let's let's dive into this new book, The Innovator's Advantage. Yes, and the subtitle is Revealing the Hidden Connection Between People and Process. So we're going to, in a, in a future episode, we're going to dive into uh, the book and how it works. But, but let's talk about this concept of, of innovation and, uh, and really how you approach it, Evans, and in the real world, what's the application like? And it really boils down to a six-step process. Yes, so innovation has six stages, and those six stages are very well defined. Actually, for a long time, we always used to think about innovation as luck, kind of throw the mud at the wall, they will stick. And uh, so for a long time, we were trying to figure out what the innovation is. But we now know that innovation is a structured and a discipline that can be mastered. And there are these six stages that if you understand them correctly in your context, can really help you become successful. You know, for me, uh, innovation is one of those buzzwords that we hear a lot today. And I'm not sure that people even can tell you what they're talking about when they use the word innovation. Uh, Some people think it means, well, you're being creative. And I'm curious, Sevens, about what your definition is. For me, I think of innovation as ideas that generate value, that create value, which oftentimes has an economic component. But how do you define it? Yeah, so innovation is when you take an idea, take them through the continuum, those six stages I just mentioned to, to a measurable, visible impact. And that impact could be economic, it could be social, it could be knowledge generation, but it's very clear. So what are those six stages? Take us through So there are six stages. Uh, The six stages are identify, define, develop, verify, deploy, and scale. So let's start with identify. Identify what we want to accomplish, identify what the end goal is for us. Actually, we start with identification of the opportunity or problem that we are facing. So please note, I didn't talk about solution. Because what happens is people fall in love with looking for the solutions. The problem is most innovations fail because you do not even have a deep understanding of the problem or the opportunity that you have in front of you. I'm going to stop you on that word fail, because in the book, you give some uh, cold, cold, hard facts yes, I do. about failure yes. around innovation. Give us those numbers. Those numbers are, by the way, they are proven. They are uh, global. And we know that 
85 to 93 percent of all innovation initiatives, or both by individuals or organizations, fail. And failing means they do not get the impact they were intended to. 85 to 93 percent. So every time you start something innovative, the probability of failing is much, much higher than succeeding. But we are saying that is not always the case. If you understand the six stages and you execute them correctly. So they're not failing because they're bad ideas. They're failing because we didn't manage the ideas properly. We didn't massage or develop and shape them properly. Yes, the execution, right? It's the, uh, the old Thomas Edison quote that says, the ideation is, is the 1%, 99% is the perspiration. And the perspiration side is not just about you working hard, it's working hard at the right stage with the right people. All right, so after identification of the problem, yes, then... We get into definition, the definition of the problem. So now you have a clear understanding what the problem is or the opportunity is. Now you start thinking about the how. In the context of this problem, how do we go about developing a solution? How do we go about developing the right solution with the right people? So that is the definition side. So we always say, First stage, you come up with all kinds of ideas. Second stage, you start filtering them out. But you cannot start developing unless you have had a clear filtration of all those ideas. And, I, and you just gave away a, a little secret of the book, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point it out specifically for listeners who might have missed it, but you said the people. Yes, and that's an important piece. Yeah, a big part of the book, and this is a big part of the collaboration with Evans and me. Uh, this, I love that word collaboration because what it means is that when you work together, you get something that neither one of you could have gotten alone. That's correct. And for years, I've been fascinated with talent and how you measure it and how you can develop it. And so we combined his background in engineering and his background in innovation with my background in talent and leadership and we began to recognize that one of the real keys to success is organizing around people's strengths as we move through these different stages. So we've identified, we've defined, and now we start to develop. We start to develop. And this is where you talk about design, we talk about the actual engineering. Then this is where it becomes fun. This is where the engineers come in, the different so-called scientists that we think about. This is where they come in. Now, the problem is, in some cases, some of these scientists are really, really good at engineering, which is development. But if you had them in the ideation stage, that may lose them a little bit. And they may actually confuse others as well. So that's why it's really important to make sure that these stages are defined, but we are also having the right people in the right stage. And then verify what are we verifying we are verifying that whatever we have developed fits the problem that we identified or the opportunity we identified so in business we talk about that in terms of getting the feedback from customers we are talking about not only are we getting feedback from customers does the way the customers think of the product or service that you have created match 
with what you have created. Because it's one thing for you to develop a product and give it to a customer and the customer to use it. It's another thing for the customer to say, this fits me, I identify with it, it's doing what I expect it to do for me. And you're not pushing them to adopt your product. They're saying, I'm happy this fits me. And this, the thing that's so fascinating about that in the context of innovation in today's world, especially with consumers, is that how it fits them is much bigger than just features mm-hmm. or benefits or structure. Mm-hmm. It's design. It's yep. what kind of a relationship are they going to have with that product or with that service because of the way that you've developed it. And that's an important component of the innovation process. So this is another example of why we need all different kinds of people involved in the process because we do need the engineer who's structural, who's thinking about it that way, but we also need the person who's more of a creative, who's thinking about what the experience is going to be have that is going to be that the customer is going to have with that product or service. So this is all what you test and verify at this level before you really go to town, before you really go to market, so to speak. And that would be deploy. That would be the deploy. uh, Because we always say when your product comes in contact with customers, it never remains the same. You always, and there's a lot of unexpected. Yes, there's a lot of unexpected. We are getting direct and, in some cases, harsh feedback. Uh, in some cases, the customers may not even want it or even pay for it. Those are elements that we are correcting as when we deploy. But also, the deployment also means you are using the right channels to get the right customers at the right time. So this is really fascinating to me because this is stage five of the innovation process. So you get to stage five and your customers say, I don't like that. Most companies are gonna say, it didn't work. We're abandoning it. We're gonna go try something else. But when you understand the whole process and and you have the right people working on it in the right places, this doesn't discourage them, it inspires them. Yep to continue to adjust and tweak and come up with more ideas and to get it to that point where it does get the kind of resonance that you're looking for from your consumer or from your marketplace so that you can really now then take it to the sixth stage and the final stage of success. And that's where we scale it. That's where we scale. Yeah. And we are saying, now we know that it's acceptance. We are beyond the initial stage of contact with customers. Now it's about serving as many of those customers or target clients as possible. And you know, Evans, a lot of people are gonna think when you say scale that what you mean is you're just gonna make lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of whatever product you innovated or service. Yeah. But scale means more than that, doesn't it? Uh, Yes, it does. Actually, it means when you are scaling, you have new problems, you have new challenges, you have new opportunities. You have to innovate, scaling, in essence, is an innovation by itself. So it's not just about making much more of the same gadgets. It's about making your product fit a broader market, a broader segment. But you have to get more ideas at scaling as much as you needed when you identified the problem in the first place. So we, in the book, we really talk about four different ways that you innovate. One is you innovate products. Another is you can innovate processes. 
A third would be that you would in innovate your position in the marketplace. You would innovate the way that you're perceived in the marketplace. And a fourth would be really you're innovating paradigms mm -hmm. of even what your business is and how you function. So you, it, it's really four-dimensional innovation. You can play with all of those things like a Rubik's Cube, and it's almost immeasurable what the potential is when you understand how to move ideas through these six stages. This is exciting stuff. We can hear the passion in your voices. So uh, we have one more podcast. And in that podcast, uh, for our listeners, uh, we're going to dive into the backstory of the book and, and how it was written. And it really just started with a long car ride. Yeah. We'll uh, let folks know that. Any final words for us, gentlemen, as we close this episode out? Well, obviously, we hope that our listeners will pick up a copy of the book and that the message that they'll get from the book is that everyone is an innovator. And I hope that that will lead them to the innovatorsadvantage.com because there we have a lot more materials that build on the foundation that we've put in the book. Okay. I am an innovator. That's the message for everyone in the organization. From the person at the front desk to the guy who lives and sleeps in the lab. Everyone is not only an innovator, but they need to recognize individually that they have a role to play in making this world a better place by them contributing to their own innovations. That is inspiring. Dr. Evans Baya, Ron Price, The Innovator's Advantage. Pick it up now and be sure and join us for the next episode of the Complete Leader Podcast when we dive into uh, more of the book. And you're going to really enjoy learning how people integrate into that six-step process that we detailed in this episode. So with that, this is the Complete Leader Podcast. Everything you need to become a high-performing leader.